When I was six, I announced to my parents that I was going to have Barbie-themed birthday parties until I was 31 years old. Wise words. You can imagine my parents, uh, we'll see about that response. But it made sense to me at the time. I couldn't imagine my life beyond Barbies, princesses, makeup, and dress-up. You could say that I was distinctively feminine for all of my childhood. I loved the color pink and dolls, dressing up, wearing earrings and nail polish, playing pretend, and having my hair braided. I loved the gendered Lego set Friends, made for girls, and loved all sorts of other TV shows with strawberries and girls and fairies and princesses. I am sometimes alarmed by the memories of my thoughts when I was very young. I was about five, perhaps, and I once told one of my male cousins who loved drawing that it was a girly thing to do and that boys should be interested in sports and cars. He said that it was sexist, and then I was offended because sexism only happened against women, not men. I remember saying that men were boring and only talked about boring things like finance and the market and politics, and that women talked about interesting stuff like people and shared gossip and stories. But this isn't unique to me. Many children as early as three to four years old have shown signs of gender and racial stereotyping and prejudice as they pick up cues to decode their world. Although we may actively counter them in our conscious mind, these stereotypes are ingrained in our subconscious. For gender stereotyping, the culprit could be toys we give kids. My interest in this topic arose around ninth grade when my passion for feminism was met with my interest in gender. Sex is biology. You can be male, female, or intersex. However, gender is the meaning the society has added to sex. This is what it means to be a man or a woman. After that, it becomes complicated. Are women natural caregivers because they can give birth, or were they conditioned to be this way since birth? Are men natural, logical thinkers, independent and aggressive, or is that also a conditioned trait? It is hard to say, especially because there have been so much sexism in the neuroscience of the two sexes. Male brains are bigger than female brains, but that's because of the proportion of the brain to the body, meaning that if you were a female with a big head, you would have a male-like brain, and vice versa. There are also differences in the white and gray matter of the brain. Some studies have shown that there are differences between the connections of the two halves of the brain. Women supposedly have these two halves more interconnected than men. However, this is almost like a hunt to prove that females are apart from males, not less intelligent but just different, which coincidentally seems to match what the Bible says about the status quo of, of gender roles. It's proof of male and female complementary. The female brains are supposedly wired for empathy and intuition, contrasting to male brains for optimizing reason and action. But this data is hard to believe, firstly because the research is mostly dominated by cis male scientists, and secondly, researching on the brains of grown adults means that these subjects have also been raised with their share of gender conditioning since birth. Raising children in different ways can shape their brains, and due to cultural conditioning, this may be why there is a distinction in the brains of men and women. Going back to toys, toys are an essential part of child development. Perhaps the reason why we see a male or female brain is because of toys, 
specifically what toys we give to whom. Lego conducted a survey with over 7,000 children and parents in seven different countries to understand what they thought about creativity. They found an overall adherence to traditional gender roles with boys, girls, and parents. 71% of boys were worried about being judged or made fun of for playing with toys gendered for girls, along with 54% of parents, compared to 26% in reverse. 76% of parents think some activities are exclusively for boys and girls. Overall, the survey shows that boys are more likely to feel pressured on gender roles and norms than girls, especially for creative activities and endeavors. But in other aspects, beliefs and perceptions hold girls back. Gender toys reinforce and establish a more rigid gender binary, a reflection of the expectations parents have for their children. This is harmful, not only for gendered queer kids, but for everyone. Toys are crucial for the development of children. They build skill sets such as motor skills, creative thinking and expression, knowledge and experience. But when you give toys to females and males exclusively based on gender, it is a reinforcement of gender expectations. Giving female kids dolls, tea sets, kitchen sets, and playhouses make them more caring, compassionate, and capable caregivers. In contrast, giving male kids toy cars, dinosaurs, mini robots, trains, and police kits make them logical thinkers and inquisitive, shaping their brains for action and reason. Not only does this limit the skill set of children at a young age, but it also, at a micro scale, is a reflection of the expectation that parents and people have for male and female in infants. Branding toys saying that they are for girls or boys are saying that we want male and female kids to be a certain way. Toys can even have a dark side, giving young male kids toy guns to play with can reinforce violence or teach them aggression in some way. We need to redefine the way toys are branded and how we think about them. Firstly, by making them with the intention of gender neutrality at foremost, and then removing the concept of girls or boys section in toy stores. Kids should be free to choose whatever toy they want to play with. But changing toys isn't going to be the solution to the problem. It is our attitude to gender. Gender is a social construct that keeps half the population down. And when we talk about feminism and gender equality, we need to address the system that is causing this problem, gender. We need to eradicate the idea that males and females need to be a certain way. And while we do that, we also need to be mindful that gender identities do exist and that the solution is not to eradicate gender, but to eradicate the concept that gender is correlated to biological sex. We need to be respectful and inclusive to all people who are trans and genderqueer, making this world a better place for everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of Our Little Human World. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, make sure to stay tuned. Until next time, my name is Astha, signing off.